to find the transcendent, you don't have to go somewhere else because the transcendent is appearing as all that we might call finite and non-transcendent, all the shapes and forms. That's its garb. That's how it looks. You know, this is transcendence. It looks just like this. Like it's like exactly the way the light is reflecting off your wall. Exactly like that. It's not like I have to find a better perception, a more enlightened perception, a more transcendental perception. No, it's exactly that perception, exactly like it is. You're seeing the unimaginable meaningfulness and divinity of everything importance of everything, the value of everything. But we imagine, no, 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 you, you have to perceive differently, you know, in a more, in a clearer way, in a more awake way, a more enlightened way. It's like, no, it's exactly how you're perceiving right now. Just stay with the very details of what's, what seems to be appearing in the specific way that they're appearing. And don't go anywhere else because there's nowhere else to go. Of course, the, the magic of this, is on constant display. It's constantly displaying its astonishing, extraordinary nature. And so what you're perceiving actually is that astonishing, extraordinary nature, just as it is. You, we don't have to have a different perception. We don't have to see it in a different way. We don't have to hear it in a different way. The real meditation, the real practice is life itself, doing itself, being itself, exploring itself, which is what it's always only ever doing and this is this is it this is the this is it and so one needn't go somewhere else one needn't have a different perception because the perceiving of this moment is the expression of reality so it need not be different every every moment being perceived is the expression of reality and what else could it be but the expression of reality there's just one reality and it is being all things and doing all things and shining as all things and so that's the great good news you know that there's no being apart from it there's no recapturing it it's just recognizing that it's it just is everything that's appearing everything that's being experienced everything that's seems to be happening and that's that's the absolute reality you know that's that's the absolute reality that appears as everything we might call relative reality is the absolute reality there's no dichotomy. They're one thing. Having access to this other perspective, this other window into what all of this is more fundamentally, you could say, just makes the navigating of all of it just very different, very um, much lighter. The discovery of the fact that this is beyond conception, ultimately, this is not thinkable, what this is, any of it, enha enhances our human capacity to enjoy more and more and more of the richness of, of everything, the, the magic and miracle of everything. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. This is Nick Hyam from nisagayoga.com. In this episode, Paul Dobson speaks with John Astin. Recently, I saw that you were involved in a Facebook discussion um, yourself, uh, Joan Tolleston and Peter Brown. And it was a lovely little discussion, um, very respectful and well thought out, intelligent, which I like to see. And Joan was basically pitching, you know, there's this idea of the absolute reality versus relative reality. Like there's, you know, there's this absolute way of looking at things, you know, all is infinity, that kind of thing. And then there's the, like the relative day-to-day -day stuff. 
the the harshness of the day-to-day stuff and was asking questions in relation to that like there are two different perspectives almost and how to reconcile that and um, just take you a quick quote from um, your response to it you put what we think of as the relative is so much more than whatever we've imagined it to be what appears as bound and finite is in fact unbounded infinity what appears as lacking and incomplete is actually immeasurably full and whole what seems to be vulnerable and limited is in fact wholly beyond in any limit and i was just wondering if you'd like to sort of expand on that a little bit and unpack it a little bit in regards to this this apparent two two realities situation yeah um I know one of the concerns that, that got raised by Joan in, in, in the discussion, I think, was, was a prompt, and she and I have chatted about this a number of times, but the same concern, but uh, that somehow by saying it's all transcendental, it's all absolute reality, it's all ultimately, you know, indefinable and ungraspable, which, which it is. <laughs> um, but but somehow the, the concern and, and she's not certainly not alone in this that that can function as a way of sort of denying the the relative if you will challenges of living a human life and um, sort of bypass it or um, um, sort of imagine it away as if it isn't actually something that people are experiencing and. You know, it's interesting when I had a um, someone read uh, my last book before it came out, and I wanted to get some feedback on how it struck her, and and she actually had a similar comment, which was, "I sound it sounds like you're denying human suffering somehow uh, in in the way you're talking about reality," and um. And that ended up prompting me to add a chapter to the book, that conversation, which I think is a really important chapter. And if it's titled something like, are you saying that suffering isn't real? And, and I, in that chapter, I, I talk about, I think kind of the question you're, 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 you're highlighting here and was highlighted in our discussion on Facebook um, that I'm actually, I, I would not say that suffering is not real. Um, in, in a way, everything is real. <laughs> you know, like there's no sense of somebody's in pain, mental, emotional pain. They would describe it as mental, emotional pain or physical pain, or I might describe it that way. And it, it, there's no sense of like, that's not real. Can't you see that that's not real? You know, like if me, if I'm talking to them about their experience or, or even helping them, maybe if they've asked for some support in trying to navigate their challenging circumstances, like there's no, like, that's not real. That is the, that is real again, as experience, as what seems to be being experienced. And um, so I was pointing out in this discussion that from, from my standpoint, there's no saying that everything is absolute reality is not a denial of how that absolute reality can appear and be experienced. 
not 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 in the slightest um and we all know that you know i mean that i and in the chapter about suffering in the book i i just use an example from my own life where i was out of the blue i developed this um pain in my wrist that i actually had never felt pain like that physical pain and it, it was no one ever could figure out what it was it was kind of i don't know someone said oh it's tendonitis you know it's like but that's like a kitchen sink you know diagnosis of we don't know what the fuck it is which <laughs> 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 is really really the, uh, the actual diagnosis <laughs> uh, but in any case uh I, I was several times during the whatever few weeks i was dealing with that i was like i was like brought to my knees it was so wow. physically painful and i resorted to using something i don't know like prednisone a pretty heavy you know, kind of steroid drug to, to try to help mitigate the discomfort. Right. Mm. So I write about that in the chapter is like, there's no denial of like that, that experience. Right. It was like, that was some, something was being encountered and I could, I could characterize that as incredible, intense pain, discomfort. Right. But the question, the question from my standpoint, the human question, the spiritual question is, okay, so there's this event occurring that I've described as intense pain. What is that actually? Like I've described it. And so there is this sense we have as humans because we seem to be able to encapsulate moments, whether they're very beautiful, blissful, easy, you know, uh, moments, if you will, or really gritty, difficult, horrifically painful moments in either case everything in between we just have this sense that it's pretty much a consensus view among humans that we know what these things are because we're able to characterize them right pain is pain <laughs> I, I know what it is i've got a name for it i'm feeling it this is what it is i've just described it i've conveyed it to whoever myself other people but but then there's this question, you know, for me, it just comes, has always come out of this curiosity of, all right, well, here's this experience that we're having, these experiences, what, what are they? Like, what are they? Um, what are they? What's actually going on? That's the question. And, you know, from the standpoint of, of sharing these ideas with other people, you know, I often say like the, the exploration of such a question really, you know, it kind of requires in a way that we consider the possibility that we don't know what it is, that we don't assume because we have descriptions of things and seemingly able to conceptualize what things are that that, that may not actually be telling us the whole story. And this is the, this is the key thing that I was touching upon in that quote that you read, that um, in the case of this physical pain I was experiencing, yes, that characterization has its own reality of sorts, and, and I was encountering that reality. But the exploration of physical pain or anything else for that matter is quite remarkable thing to explore because as it turns out, when we go to look for what any description seems to be pointing to, like in other words, the, the label that we give something, pain, 
joy, confusion, harmony, whatever those labels are pointing, they're pointing to something, right? I mean, the label is attempting to capture something, convey something, describe something. What is actually there that's being conveyed and seemingly conveyed, captured, described by language and the usual way we think about things as humans? And that turns out to be a mind-blowing thing to explore and, and discover, which is that we can't actually determine. And it's a it's a strange it's a strange situation we find ourselves in, because it's like something's there. <laughs> you know, take something less charged, like you know, you eat something sweet. You know, a chocolate, right? Okay, so it's not much charge there. It's usually pretty pleasurable experience. But it's this unmistakable thing. Like, you're not going to say, well, chocolate's not real. It's like, and the flavor of chocolate and the sweetness of chocolate is somehow not real. It's like a real experience. But what is it actually? What is, what is the flavor of chocolate? And the exploration of that always ends you up in this, all, all, you always arrive in the same place in, the, in those explorations, which is that you cannot figure out what it is. You can't conclude, I've come to what the essence of chocolate is. I've come to what the essence of sweetness is as a, as a flavor, as a human flavor that can be encountered. So, so in a way, which one is it? It's like, I know what chocolate is. I know what sweet is. I know what pain is. And then on the flip side of this same reality that's being encountered, I can also experience it in another way, which is I actually don't literally do not know what this is, cannot determine what it is. And that leaves me in this very different place, you could say. It's a, it's a place of absolute open-endedness, of absolute indeterminacy, of uh, that is the transcendent, that is the um, the discovery that the things were are that are being encountered absolutely, absolutely, absolutely transcend everything that we think that they are. In other words, the the it's essentially the, the definitions, including the definition of pain and heartbreak, and uh, is an effort of life or consciousness or whatever is doing all that defining and describing. What's that? I mean, that's its own mystery. But whatever is life, let's just say, in consciousness is sort of attempting to capture in words and concepts what is here, and yet it can never really pull it off because what's here is beyond words and concepts, like entirely beyond. It's much, much more than anything we could conceive of it to be. And, and so in that sense, their what we call relative reality is it's not unreal. It's just not the whole story, <laughs> right? Would be one way to put it. It's like, so yeah, it's real again, in the sense of being encountered. Like I'm not, if I hit my head on the wall, it's like something's going to happen presumably. And I might call that pain and discomfort, but that's not the whole story. You know, it's like, 
it's kind of like you look at the table and the table looks solid and it's like that's a real solidity can be encountered as what we call solidity but that's not the whole story of what the table is right the table is some inconceivable dance of quantum fluctuations and right well that's also what the table is <laughs> yes so it's like an inclusivity it's like it is that that's it's included within what it is you know within we know it is that but it's so much beyond that as well it's not it's not just it's not a case of denying these labels and denying the way we view apparent relative reality or even calling it relative reality it's that it's not just that <laughs> it's not that little box that we put it in it is an open-ended infinite box actually and we've just put put it in a box called relative reality and thought that was real you know and we've gone that's that's all that is and actually it's just like you say there's no real other way of describing it other than open-ended um so in other words the absolute never becomes the relative <laughs> it 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 can seem to but it never actually does make that it never infinity never makes itself finite it is always infinity it just we we kind of have these ideas that it does become finite and we believe them we believe our own ideas about infinity becoming finite and even the funny thing about that is is even those ideas are themselves of course the same infinity which is kind of a bit of a joke really isn't it um so it's it never actually condenses yeah no exactly and it becomes really um it becomes interesting from the standpoint of sort of spiritual ways spirituality is talked about often and you know what one is trying to do what one is trying to overcome what one is trying to free themselves from you know things like separation and identification and um and it turns out that there isn't actually something there to overcome there isn't actually a finite world to transcend <laughs> or a relative reality to transcend or or us or a division or separation to see through is like that never like you said it never it never actually divided it never actually separated and became something other than itself it, it, reality is always itself so there is no separation ever there's never been any separation yeah different it's a different angle of coming into this isn't it instead of going i've got to force my way out of this this seeming suffering the seeming uh boundedness that i'm in it's going see if you ever really were bounded <laughs> and see what the suffering actually is and how have you limited what actually is in which ways have you approached it in a way that you seem to limit what is going on it's kind of approaching it from that perspective as opposed to trying to force one one's way out of of boundedness it's like you're tied up and you never there was no rope <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly and you know and and it's it's understandable when people hear things like oh you know you think you live in this finite bounded you know um world and then you, you hear about this glorious transcendent unified world and and you imagine 
you've got to go from the bounded world to the to the actual world, which is the undivided absolute reality that transcends everything. I mean, it sounds that way, or or you know, you imagine that you're bound and you're you're stuck, and but actually you're completely liberated, and and so one hears that, and I'm going to go, I've got to go from the bound to the limited. I have to get away from the bound, but but actually the liberated reality, the transcendental freedom, is not is actually found exactly in what you think bondage is. So there, there's no going somewhere else to find it. You know, there's no there's no need to. Like there's not some surface reality, and then you have to go somewhere else to find the depth. <laughs> Actually, every and, and this this you know is just astounding that um, you know you 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 if you go to what you imagine is present, you feel what's present. That's 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 where to go. Go to what is seems to be concretely here, and you discover the non-concrete nature of it. Basically, not by well, I've got to I've got to escape the concrete, substantial world to discover the the open-ended nature of it all. No, it's actually, if you will, paradoxically discovered right in the the seeming substantiality, like. Because that's what's that's what's actually that's what's not abstract. Like something is here, palpably here, tangibly here, right? It, you just can't you can't deny that that sense of you know it's a sense of, of the presence of reality, the sense of the presence of experiencing. We, we could call it different things, the felt sense of whatever is being felt, and and that's all that's ever going on is feeling what's here, right? Something's always being felt. I don't mean emotionally. I mean felt as in something that is present. Um, so everything that we might name is is being felt in the sense of the presence of it here, the presence of light, the present of presence of sound, the presence of thought, the presence of emotion, sensation, everything, right? And but again, it's this very it's just kind of amazing how you, the presence, which feels like something that's there and can be identified seemingly with language and, and concepts again, there it is, <laughs> the event, you know? Um, and then go and investigate what that is, this present, um, and you'll just keep looking and looking and looking and you'll just find, you'll just keep finding more and 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 more. And you never arrive at the, I finally got to the end of the exploration. It's literally like you just open, it's like you're opening Pandora's box, like literally. And it's a, it's a box that has no bottom to it. And you just keep finding more more details that that thing that's present is seems to be made of and the details are made of more details and it's just there's no end to the exploration and that's its infinite nature right it's it has no end to it it has no end to it
So how can you have a conclusion about what it is? Well, you can't. No, I mean that's the. I mean that is the nature of infinity. And but we have this idea of infinity. You know, is this kind of uh, sort of idea that's out? You know, just 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 like it sounds too big for our possible that we can't in, enter into it somehow. You know, it's like it's out there somewhere. It's oh, it's infinity, but I'm over here in my human life. But infinity is it is saturating itself. It's ab- everything is saturated by its own infinity because there's only infinity. And so, therefore, when you do these explorations, when you look authentically, genuinely, you know, really earnestly into your direct experience without going to the stories about what that direct experience is, you're just just going directly as a kind of feeling. It does reveal itself because it can't not (laughs) because that's what is. The actuality is, is what is. It's not the ideas are what's not true. The ideas are made of that same fact, but the ideas are not true. And at some, at one stage, you could say it does help to kind of, as I say, fit, at least in my experience, feel into it. A kind of feel into the direct experience. Eventually, you come to realize that even the thoughts and the stories are it as well. But at, as a doorway, as you call them, a, a sort of feeling directly into the moment. It's like. I spoke to Nick uh, last week about this. It's almost like a changing gear on the sort of intelligence in a way. It's like just changing modes altogether because you're going directly. It's like there's no there's no room to kind of try and pretend it's something else. You're feeling directly. And it's like that direct sensing is directly, it's difficult to put words, words to this, but it's like a directly in line with the truth of what is. <laughs> um so it's it's a strange it's a strange thing when you feel in something directly it is what it is and it's unmistakably what it is which is open ended it's infinite like you say just never ending but then if you go if you go to the thoughts side of things if you go via the stories it will quickly I mean it's more than ready to come in and tell you what it is while you're doing these explorations as well which is um, part of part of the kind of challenge of these explorations uh, I guess at one stage is that the thoughts are more than willing to try and tell you, well, we're looking for infinity now, but John said this is open-ended. Where is it? Where's where's this infinite <laughs> thing? And the, the intellect will come in and start throwing its ideas in there and going, I can't see it. I can't, where is it? <laughs> and it's almost, it's almost more direct and simpler than that, isn't it? Yeah, well, the easy, the thing that makes the investigation of this e- easier, uh, if you will, is that it's, it's like, um, if you imagine reality being a vast open, you know, blue sky and this expanse of sky, that's infinity, just, you know, endless. And that our experience is, is, is like a vast field, infinite field, but then there's all these, um, you know, seeming kind of aspects in the field that, that are, we think of as, as our discrete experiences, you know, the, including the objects in the visual field, but, but all the other parts of the experiential field, you know, that we think of as these distinct pieces and parts, right? Thoughts, feelings, sensations, and describe them in those ways as these separate domains or dimensions of the field. But it's kind of like, it's all the vast blue sky. And so any point that you investigate any aspect in the field that you investigate with like a point in the sky 
there's the point in the sky and what and when you investigate that point what do you discover <laughs> that the point is the sky literally isn't it and so any anything that you investigate as a seemingly separate autonomous discrete piece of the whole is discovered to be the whole literally i mean it's 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 literally that and so so anything can be explored because it leads to the same discovery when 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 investigated sort of on its own terms you know rather than on the terms of the interpretive mind which is sort of telling reality what it is and so the the investigation is like you could say let reality tell you what it is and i mean it's interesting i mean even the I'll tell you this this little fun exercise I've been doing lately because others might find it enjoyable and um illuminating. And 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 it, and it is this. So if if again if you if you consider the field of experience, all the countless phenomena that are happening um, again visually, auditorily, tactically, cognitively all of this it's unbelievable right the richness of it now as you know there's a lot going on if you just pick the visual field and there's a lot there's a lot going on in the visual field that's sort of just overlooked as insignificant right like it does what what you know um and in fact there's sort of almost an infinite amount of stuff in the visual field that is just being written off as inconsequential somehow meaningless not of much importance or significance right well what's doing that what's doing the writing off of all of that stuff that's 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 it's it's subtle you know it's happening kind of underneath the hood of consciousness in a sense but it's sort of like we're, we're we have this tendency to kind of just like walk past it look past it like what is that what's in it for me you know what's the value of like the 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 particular texture of my carpet for example like who gives a shit it's meaningless isn't it from from one sort of you could say a human centric standpoint because it's like how is that benefit me you know what's in it for me <laughs> what do i get out of that texture of the carpet so <clears throat> what i've been playing around with lately and just enjoying so much is if you do, if you do it with a visual field as a starting point just sort of let your eyes just wander you can be in in your home you can be outside you let your eyes wander around the visual field and wherever you have wherever the vision the vision happens to sort of fall upon something like let's say you're walking outside and it falls upon like the sidewalk you know and just let yourself sort of stop there for a moment because what we have a tendency to do is like Come on, let's go to something that's more interesting, you know, or more important or more meaningful or more significant. But just let yourself like fall into wherever you fall wherever your vision has fallen upon. And what can begin to happen, be revealed is what I would say is the significance of everything. The meaningfulness of everything. The value of everything. 
And it's extraordinary because, again, you know, our normal kind of mode of distinguishing the hierarchy, as I call it, of experiencing that says this is the valuable, important, meaningful, significant stuff, and this stuff is not, right? So I discount that stuff and I'm going towards the stuff that's meaningful and important and right. And, um, but it's kind of like, go back to the sky. It's kind of like saying some points in the sky are more meaningful than other points in the sky, but wait a minute, they're all the sky. Like literally how, how did I create that hierarchy of meaningfulness? What's that based on? It's based on interpretation, isn't it? It's based on, I mean, even saying that this is meaningful is, is a kind of interpretation. But um, so it's, it's kind of that little exercise that I was describing is a way of sort of peering around the edges of our seeming certainty about what things are and their importance and their significance. And instead, you're like almost like you're kind of um, cutting through that in a sense. You're like saying, well, let, let me just consider the possibility that that that's that's not the whole story here let me actually look let me look and then suddenly like i mean i i don't necessarily necessarily understand the mechanics of this it doesn't really matter in a way but my felt sense of it is is that what what's happening is is that it's kind of it's very non-conceptual in a way it's like I'm, I'm no longer simply looking at things. We're no longer looking at things based on some conceptual framework of what's important, what's not important. Instead, we're just looking at everything. So in a sense, it's like that's one way of like going beyond the, the tendency to be just conceptualizing everything, right? And putting it in these frames of reference. So it's kind of referenceless. It's sort of like it's it just you're you're touching, you could say the isness of it, just the pure existence of it. Like you know, I mean, it can sound silly. Like I, I get how this could sound silly, but like I'm looking at the chair and just sitting across from me and it's like, don't go anywhere else. Like, and all of a sudden the shape of the chair is recognized as that's the shape of reality. Of course it is. And so, oh my God, it's like the shape, the, the chair is shaped that way. Like everything that's under, it's not, it's not cognitive. It's not like, oh, reality has shaped it this way and the laws of physics have shaped. It's more like it's just encountering it. It's actually just seeing what's there in a way would be a simpler way to put it, right? So it's like the simplicity of exactly what you're seeing or touching or tasting or hearing or knowing or anything, but we're talking about vision right now. So exactly what you're seeing in exactly the way that you're seeing, and that is that is the expression of divinity, the expression of absolute reality, like that particular perception, 
what's being perceived, the way it's being perceived, like every single thing about it, which is why we were saying earlier, you, you to find the transcendent, you don't have go somewhere else to find it because the transcendent is appearing as all that we might call finite and non-transcendent, all the shapes and forms. That's how, that's how it, that's its garb. That's how it looks. You know, this is transcendence. It looks just like this, like, it's like exactly the way the light is reflecting off your wall, exactly like that. It's not like I have to find a better perception, a more enlightened perception, a more transcendental perception. No, it's exactly that perception, exactly like it is. So we, we, we think we hear all these teachings, we think, oh my God, I, this sounds like amazing. You know, like, wow, the, the meaningfulness of everything, the significance of everything. And it's like, no, that's exactly what you're seeing right now. You're, you're, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing the unimaginable meaningfulness and divinity of everything, importance of everything, the value of everything. But we imagine, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, I think a lot of the teachings kind of reinforce this. It's like, and no, 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 it, you, you have to perceive differently, you know, in a more, in a clearer way, in a more awake way, a more enlightened way. It's like, no, it's exactly how you're perceiving right now. Just stay with the very details of what's, what seems to be appearing in the specific way that they're appearing and don't go anywhere else because there's nowhere else to go, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, I've said this before, but it's, it's, it's too simple. It's almost, it's too simple really to, um, because the mind wants to come in or whatever it is we call a, call the mind wants to come in and take it apart and try and go what what is it that John or Paul is talking about here like I need to see what they're seeing here like this chair this chair needs to be looking a certain way what right I'm not seeing the chair that way it's like that sounds like amazing what is he talking about right? yeah this this is psychedelic chair like what <laughs> give me the psychedelic chair over the regular old lounge chair you know yeah, yeah exactly but um, <laughs> it, but it's just it's just the simplicity of what is you know it's it's uh, these words get <laughs> thrown around all the time but it's so simple it's it's um <laughs> I always struggle putting it to words just how simple it is because there is no words for it but it's like it's like a nakedness a directness a just an absolute simplicity like being as simple as possible with reality and then being more simple and it's that's it like just there you're not looking for anything like you were alluding to you're not looking for anything different or more or special it doesn't need to look anything other than what's there because what is there is the whole thing and <laughs> that's someone hears this you know and talking from my own experience i don't know other people's experience but my own experience i'd hear something like this in the past and i'd go i don't I don't understand. <laughs> what, what are you saying? <laughs> like, it's because it's gone through that little filtration system of my mind that goes, I need to work out. Maybe if I, like you said earlier, with the laws of physics and, or maybe vibrations are, of light are kind of getting together in a certain way in order to create that picture of reality. And maybe that's what I need to see. But actually, it's just way simpler than that. The fact that it's appearing, the fact that it is, is the whole story. The fact that you are perceiving, right, and the and the stay and the staying with it, as I was saying, is a way of kind of undercutting, in, in a certain way, 
the tendency that the the interpretive you know apparatus of mind that aspect of mind if you will it will have a tendency just out of habit to discount it and go what do you, come on i mean really the, the the way the chair is shaped who gives a flying you know what so it's it, it, it i mean i'm what i'm describing is kind of um you know it, it's its own kind of contrived if you will kind of exercise which is but it's fine it's a, it's a way of playing with experience or playfully exploring it but but yes we're just dashing past the magic that abounds everywhere thinking we hear things like the miracle of it all the magic of it all the the, the astonishing nature of it all right and then we we imagine that's not what we're seeing because what doesn't feel astonishing like where's the wow you know right uh and so we're gonna go look for it somewhere else because it ain't here right and that's a guaranteed way of missing it you know it's kind of like okay well let me not just race past all this stuff all this detail that i usually just sort of discount as noise in the system you know and and i want to go you know that there's a chapter in my book called the signal and the noise and i talk about this what i'm talking about in that chapter about like the signal tends to be what we have deemed to be important in the moment kind of the narrative like what's the plot line here like the plot line is you know the conversation and the and the meet and our attempt to, to talk about the the indescribable as we do together and you know we're having it with this chat right and so that's kind of like the central sort of storyline and then there's all this kind of peripheral stuff like little flickers of light and energy and rumblings in the body and you know there's just all this stuff going on right and it's like that's not part of the story right it's not part of the main plot <laughs> but um the way the chair is shaped as we were talking about like again well what is it how does that fit into well the thing is is that it doesn't fit in, in other words all that stuff all the way the light is flickering the shadows on the wall the textures in the carpet like you can't fit all that together in some kind of coherent narrative can you what kind of co coherence there's no coherence in that it's like all these like little you know like the fact that the glass is filled with this much water and not this much water i mean what where does that fit into some sort of story of what all of this putting it all together in some kind of right you know kind of coherent narrative well it, it really actually you can't fit it into a coherent narrative so so when but when you what we were what we were starting to touch upon was talking about the magical transcendental you know astonishingly remarkable beautiful awe-inspiring nature of everything that we might be discounting again people will hear that and go but i'm not getting it it's like i look at the carpet i look at the texture i look at the color i look at the light glinting off the table what's so remarkable about that right but it's like the key is to just look at it just look at it just perceive whatever is being perceived in exactly the way it's being perceived to listen to the sound and just 
hear what's being heard exactly in the way that it's being heard. It's like, it's like if I, if I could say it this way, the, the magic of this is on constant display. It's constantly displaying its astonishing, extraordinary nature. And so what you're perceiving actually is that astonishing, extraordinary nature, just as it is. You, we don't have to have a different perception. We don't have to see it in a different way. We don't have to hear it in a different way. And again, I don't confess to, you know, I, I, I don't pretend to know, understand the mechanics of this, but, but I've been curious about it. And just really, really even from a, maybe that could be helpful to understand that in terms of introducing other people. But, but I think part of what, what's happening in the way I'm describing this way of perceiving is a, a kind of, you could call it sort of a direct experiencing that is less being sort of um, mediated by the interpretive frameworks that again, tend to discount what's being perceived as, well, this is just ordinary, you know, I'm just sitting on a call, you know, on a Zoom call, right? That kind of discount of what's, what's being perceived. But if you just, well, let me, can I read something that, that I was I was reflecting when when we took that little break when the recording stopped on on a piece that I wrote quite a while ago. Um, it's I, I, it's not anything I ever published. I mean, it's just a blog post from for a couple of years ago, actually. Now, wow, it's called "This Transcendent Beauty That We Are," and um, I say here. Um, Let me find this. Uh, each moment that appears, and, and that means the current appearance, right? Just as it's appearing. Each moment that appears is radiating the most inconceivable, indescribable, unfathomable beauty. A beauty that is not a function of human judgment or evaluation or conditioned belief in what constitutes beauty. See, that's all the ideas. That's beautiful, that's not beautiful, right? No, this is a beauty that transcends all human notions and definitions of what beauty is. This is an absolute transcendental beauty, a beauty that is the very nature of what is. All moments, even the most challenging ones, are themselves at their core unimaginably beautiful, simply because they exist. The miraculous, inexplicable fact that the universe has brought some moment into being is what makes that moment so exquisitely beautiful. And that beauty is what we fundamentally are through and through. And that's what I meant, you know, that the shape of the chair is if you are just with that shape, not discounting it, immediately discounting it as somehow it's just the shape of the chair. Who cares, right? It's like, no, you're seeing the way reality has shaped itself. 
because that's a that's something that's appearing that's an appearance isn't it the shape the color the texture all of it everything the way the light is all of it all of it all of it all of it is the shape that reality has taken and that's what makes it so astonishing and so remarkable and so magical and so inexplicable you know it's shaped you know you you look at the the, the tree and the, the flowers and everything that's growing and it's shaped the particular way it's shaped. It's not shaped some other way that you think would be better, <laughs> a more enlightened shape. <laughs> no, the way you're shaped, that is the enlightened shape. Exactly the way you are shaped, the way the mind is shaped, the way everything about you and everything else is shaped and formed seemingly and appearing, all of it, all of it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I heard James Lowe, that reminds me of something I heard James Lowe said. Uh, he said that a rotting tomato isn't trying to be something else. It is the perfect example of a rotting tomato. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all kind of there, isn't it? It's like, no, it's, so that chair is perfectly the shape that that chair is. Not as a chair, but as what it is, which is reality. And seeing that is seeing the perfection that is there in whatever shape that takes as either a chair a tree um your neurotic thoughts you know that's they're all just different expressions of this perfect forest you could say of reality you know just this perfect one forest obviously not with separate things but this perfect outburst of this one forest of reality with all its different plants and trees and bugs and everything all perfectly what they are they're not they don't need to be something else <laughs> they don't need to be you know the pine tree doesn't need to be an oak tree it's it's perfectly a pine tree i love pine trees <laughs> and, and it can't in the moment that that whatever is appearing is appearing which is all that ever can be aware we can be aware of is the is the if you will the instant of the appearance is it can't obviously appear any other way so part of what makes it perfect is that it can't be any other way so there's no alternative there's no alternative way that could be. There's no alternative way this could look. <laughs> right? Like until it maybe takes its next, you know, iterative shape and form because the appearance seems to be dynamic. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what's funny is when you saying about the vision explorations earlier, there's this still old habit where I go, I've got trees outside over there. Instead of looking directly at the computer screen, which is just like, you know, same old thing. <laughs> it's like my, my attention goes, look at vision now. Okay, I'll look at nature. I'll look at the trees. Oh, it's beautiful out there. It's like, well, no, this, this, this screen right here, it's got your beautiful face on it as well, John. So why shouldn't I be looking at that <laughs> yeah, screen? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but, and yours. So. <laughs> so why, what is it that makes me go, and it's, you know, it's that interpretation of what beauty is, of creating a hierarchy within these arbitrary reference points we have of what's good, what's bad, and then just like creating this little system of what, well, I'm being spiritual now, I'm doing an exploration, I'm going to look at nature, you know, nature out there, it's all nature. <laughs> I'm looking at a computer screen, that's just as much vision as out there. And going back even further, that's just as much God, just as much reality just as much infinity as anything that I'm going to find out there, even the most beautiful tree that, you know, even the most exquisite looking tree, you know, it just is perfect. 
is no different than this computer screen, this desk. You know, it's 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 just a perfect. Yeah, no, I know exactly. I I mean, I, when one a couple of weeks ago, I was playing around with this, you know, more explicitly, and I was walking from a car dealership where my car was being worked on to a coffee shop because it's going to be a couple of hours. So I'm I'm walking, and I was just doing this little exercise with vision and and okay wherever my eyes land like that's it you know just let it stay there and be with it in the sense and fall into whatever it is the mystery of it and uh my eyes fell upon like some little you know wrapper um you know in the gutter next to the sidewalk and so I wasn't looking at some glorious redwood tree and going, oh my God, you know, it's so beautiful and so divine, which of course it is, but it was like the little wrapper, the meaningless, ugly little wrapper piece of garbage was like, oh my God. And it was like, you know, literally like tears of how beautiful that actually is because it is. Because that is the appearance of reality. That's the, I mean, that is that, I mean, that's, you're seeing things how they are then, aren't you? Like, like you say, that is the appearance of reality. There is no hierarchy within that. Yet you start crying over a little rapper in the, <laughs> the street and people will start, start to look. What's wrong with him? <laughs> and before you know it, you're in the back of a van. <laughs> but, um, but actually that's, that is how things are. I mean, going from a make more chaotic time in my life when I was taking lots of psychedelics, you know, I'd find myself, I would suddenly come back and realize I've been looking at just a spot on the wall or a spot on the floor for hours <laughs> and I've disappeared into infinity. And that's not, and then you blame it on the psychedelics. You go, oh, I've had a trip and that's, but actually what you've seen is the miracle. And it's like the mind is shut off. None of the stories are there. And you just directly as reality with reality. It's not like the nine mind even has a, a say in the matter anymore because of the power of those substances. And then you're just lost in the absolute astounding beauty of what's there. And then you come to as a human being, quote unquote, and you're like, what the hell was I looking at for five hours? Just this bit of fluff on the floor or something like that, <laughs> which seems like madness, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, I was driving the other night back from Los Angeles and playing the same game and and wherever my eyes fall upon and just like all these, like, it's just the infinite details, like in the field of experience. It's, uh, I mean, it's so much fun. Like anywhere you go, you know, you're going to find this astonishing miracle. I mean, how much, how much more fun do you want? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not, it may sound silly, but I really mean it. It's like, and so... Like I'm looking at all the little stuff on the side of the road and like the lights and the signs and the billboards. And it's like, I was like, who just dosed me with LSD? Because it really, it already is. It is, its very nature is, if you will, psychedelic in the sense of electric, alive, um, so alive, you know, so it's so potent. It's so, um, it's here. I mean, the potency of this is, it's um, something. 
And again, our habit is to, it's just an innocent habit of overlooking what's here and imagining the thing we want, again, whether we put it in a spiritual context or just an ordinary human on its search, his or her search for happiness and well-being, you know, uh, what fuels the search in whatever context is the mistaken belief that what's being looked for is absent. Really? Isn't it that simple? Right? So I'm going to go somewhere to find it. And, in, in, you know, I'm going to go on the retreat. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to get X, Y, accumulate X, Y, and Z, arrange my circumstances in such a way so I can be with my teacher and get the darshan and, it's like, honestly, I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, but that really is to miss the point. It's like, I was talking to a friend the other day about this and these concepts, like in the spiritual traditions of satsang, you know, the fellowship with truth. So I'm going to hang out with my satsang, my crew, you know, and groove off of that and be inspired by that. What's wonderful but fellowship with truth is what's going on everywhere in every instant because there's only the truth of what is. So that's the real satsang. And darshan's the same thing. I'm going to get the I'm going to get the blessing of the teacher, the transmission, the energy of the enlightened being. That's the darshan of the teacher, right? In the, in that tradition, those traditions. Okay, uh, let's just say that that such a thing can occur and people can have that experience. Wonderful. If one finds that to be wonderful and beneficial, I'm never going to argue with it. But the, the blessing of the transmission of enlightened mind or whatever you think is going on in Darshan, you know, from the spiritual teacher, transmitting their wisdom, their, their love, the divinity, and you're getting some download. What do you think is happening right now? This is pure, unadulterated the darshan of reality itself. You, we're getting the download here, like in every nanosecond, the download of the shakti of the universe. I mean, how much more transmission do you want? It's electric. It's electrifying. It's life. It's the presence of life itself. It, that's this is the darshan, and it's always here, and there isn't anything but darshan. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. No. Yeah, I mean, we're plugged into the mains, but we're pretending we're not. All there is, yeah, all there is is the main, the mainframe. It's like I need to do all this, all these different practices and follow this and that teacher and read all these books in order to be plugged into the mains. But um, and then you realize you're already plugged in. Yeah, it's not. This is without cause, you know, because it is everything. It is the cause and the effect. So it's like it doesn't depend upon anything because it it's it just doesn't. And that's that's just a of a falsehood that is unfortunately perpetrated either, you know, implicitly or explicitly by, by many, I think, spiritual approaches that honestly, I think it, it can just invariably leads people astray to, to imagine. Then you start associating the truth that one is seeking or the freedom that one is seeking with it depending upon these various, you know, um, circumstances and conditions be they environmental or, or related to practice or something. And again, there's nothing wrong with 
associating with environments that one finds transformative. I mean, that's great. And I encourage that. And, you know, I mean, I host Zoom meetings that hopefully are playing some role in, in, um, in people discovering the things you and I are chatting about. That's why that's the purpose of them, if you will. But I, I like to remind people on those Zoom calls that I do on Sunday mornings that that anything that I might talk about that's going on is not going on on the Zoom call alone, of course. It's what, so when the Zoom call ends and you click off and you exit the meeting or the satsang ends or the meditation retreat ends, or it's like, well, nothing's actually changed. There's still the shining forth of this incredible mystery we call reality. And, and that, that is, has no off switch so it doesn't shut off when you stop doing whatever you think is making it more present or bringing it more life. It is, and that's, that's the mistake that can get made, you know, when we, when we form those kind of associations with, um, with the spiritual community or the spiritual practice, again, not, not to deny the value of those things again, but, but, but the real purpose of, of any kind of fellowship or practice from my standpoint is to reveal that, again, as I was saying, that, that, that the real meditation, the real practice is life itself, doing itself, being itself, exploring itself, which is what it's always only ever doing. And this is, this is it. This is the, this is it. And so one needn't go somewhere else. Like I said, one needn't have a different perception because the perceiving of this moment is the expression of reality. So it need not be different. Every, every moment being perceived is the expression of reality. And what else could it be but the expression of reality? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this isn't too... It's a, it, there's, there's a weirdness, isn't there, with, with, you could say, the mechanics of reality, which are... You know, we can't put into words. It's just mysterious. But there's these practices and things like that seem to seem to go on for a certain amount of time, and then they seem to stop, and things become clear. Mm. And it's it's you know, obviously, hopefully, from, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, Not that's always. the ideal outcome. And from one perspective, you can see that that's just it's here. It's all here. Mm. You know, that is you know, it's not necessary to do all the practices. But then there seems to be just a uh, an absolute helplessness to doing those practices you just feel so inexplicably drawn to speaking on from my own experience again just to meditate obsessively for a certain amount of time and and do yoga and all these other things read books and then at some point it becomes clear that like you say that life is the meditation the meditation never stops it's all here right now this is the expression of reality and you go i wonder if that had anything to do with the obsessive meditating if i you know if i'd ever have come to that direct obvious seeing that was always there from the start it never wasn't there but it's like do you know what i'm saying like that that's that obsessive that yearning to do these practices and just you're searching for something and you're doing all of this and you it's kind of like at some point it does become clear well, a question, I mean, a good question for one to explore who's still engaging with practices is what are you hoping might happen by via doing this? 
And, and usually it's people want to change their experience in some way. And, 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 and we were talking about earlier, the hierarchy, you know, in that little exercise I was sharing with you, the fun little game of letting your eyes land anywhere and then just be with the perception as it is and the details as they are, um, as a way of cutting through this hierarchy of importance. This is better than that. This is more meaningful. This is more God than that. Right. And that's, that's the, um, you know, sort of uh, occupational hazard of, of spiritual practice, which is that it can subtly or not so subtly reinforce the hierarchy that some experiences are more it than that, than not than other experiences. That's, that's, that's the, if there is such a thing as an illusion, that's it. That is it. No, exactly. So, I mean, these are great as exploration, you know, ways of exploration, you could say. But if they're treated as some, you know, I need to become an expert meditator. I need to carry on going deeper and deeper and deeper into whatever I think I'm going towards uh, with some end goal of enlightenment or something. You're deluding yourself, really. You're, you're missing that what's already here, the simplicity of what's already here. I mean, it is, it is, I, I just, it is so, I mean, we've, we say this over and over again when we talk, but it is so simple, but it is so, I mean, literally miraculous. The fact that, not even the fact that I'm having this conversation with you, that's in itself like, what? wow. But the fact that anything's happening, I am experiencing <laughs> Um, whatever I is and whatever experiencing is, is happening. Like this outburst of energy is happening. Whatever energy is <laughs> just uncaused life exploding outwards as everything. And here we are sort of discussing it as that. <laughs> I just, and that's the simplicity of this moment of this just immediate happening. And that's really the whole, from my perspective, that's really the whole thing is there. That's, there's nothing else to it. Yeah, yeah. I was talking on, on my last meeting, Zoom meeting about this, and talking about meditation and, and saying, you know, we think of practices like meditation or whatever, chanting or praying or yoga or whatever, right? Uh, inquiry as a kind of a means to some end, right? And let's say the end is liberation or God realization or peace of mind or whatever we might think the end is uh, that, that we're trying to use that means to get to, right? <clears throat> to arrive at the end, the goal. We hear all of these wonderful stories in the teachings about the goal. And I want to get there. So if I think this is a means to an end, I, I might you know, want to do it, right? Understandably. But rather than seeing the practices as a means to an end, what's really powerful is to see them, what they really are, which is expressions of the end. They're not a means to reality and discovering reality. They are reality's expression, mm. as is everything else. Yes. They're perfectly appropriate in what they are. They are the expression. They're not some stairway that you're climbing up, you're not climbing up the ladder of reality through these practices and things and through some specific mantras as opposed to other specific mantras or no mantras. It's, they are 
expression and as such they are beautiful um and enjoy them <laughs> but don't think that they're any different to taking a walk or sitting at home watching tv exactly right and sometimes the practices can reveal just that potentially they can reveal that everything is the practice if you will everything is the expression of this astonishing miracle um and that that's of course you know those are the most those are the best practices that can you know reveal that that meditation formal you know thing we're describing as meditation is actually the same as not meditating they're identical they're equal they're equal in their value they're equal in their meaningfulness they're equal in their vitality they're equal in their beauty they're equal in their divinity aren't they because there's just one reality and it is being all things and doing all things and shining as all things and so um that's the great good news you know that there's no being apart from it there's no recapturing it it's just recognizing that it's it just is everything that's appearing everything that's being experienced everything that's seems to be happening and that's that's the absolute reality you know that's that's the absolute reality that appears as everything we might call to come back to our beginning of our conversation everything we might call relative reality is the absolute reality there's no dichotomy they're one no. thing no they're one thing yeah i don't know if you've got anything to add to that no that's probably you know that's it's always the same stopping point right you know it's just kind of and of course you know that the the recognition of that for you know in in a way it's like reality always always already is itself being itself only ever itself never collapsing into any any real identi identity or limitation um but for the the human creatures you know we we could say we are seem to be uh, experience ourselves as um and that includes you know the, some of the the challenges and trials and tribulations of living as these humans um you know recognizing what we're talking about that the magnificence of it all the everything is the shine of of this great perfection um it definitely changes the human experience in profound ways you know um because it 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 highlights as you were reading in that that little piece that i wrote in response to the dialogue the facebook dialogue that you know we discover that what we're calling normalcy is this unimaginable transcendental beauty and what we call limitation is absolutely unlimited what we call being stuck and confused is pure freedom um well that needless to say that that's got a different feel to it doesn't it <laughs> yeah it gives life a little bit of a different feel doesn't it <laughs> a little different of a feel and then you know and then when stuff gets particularly gritty as it can be in human life you know the losses that are experiences experienced and you know all of it 
all of the things that, that we can run run up against, bump up against, you know, part and parcel of being human. Uh, you know, having access to this other perspective, this other window into what all of this is more fundamentally, you could say, just makes the navigating of all of it just very different, very um, much lighter, needless to say, much less. Um, the stuff that can feel overwhelming when you know that it's pure divinity changes the, the, the quality of that sense of the overwhelm quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the way in which it's, you know, the ultimate medicine that also, you know, to, to kind of see this, understand it. And <clears throat> um, this is where that really gets tested out, like we were talking before we started recording, like, you know, deaths, lo loved ones dying. And that's where it really, <laughs> it's like where you go, you go, oh, am I full of shit with all this stuff? And that really, really shows that there is a different quality to those experiences. It's not like you're some emotionless robot about these experience, experiences, but they are definitely 100% lightened. Uh, they are a, a much lighter experience, you could say. They're perceived in a different way. They don't have the density and heaviness and, and feeling of trappedness and hopelessness about them because you can clearly see what they are and that's where like you say this is where this is actually healing it's not just talking about theoretical philosophical things that might be true some wishful thinking about reality some oh reality is infinite isn't that beautiful you know as a philosophical principle of some kind or it's seeing the actuality of that yourself not just listening to us talking about it but coming to see it yourself is just it's a, a life-changing thing. You know, it's it's not just this idea. It's not some, some story that we're presenting. Is Wouldn't that be nice? Ultimately pragmatic, really, yes, actually. pragmatic, exactly. Completely pragmatic. It's not philosophical. No. And it's pragmatic in the, in the sense that, um, you know, what do we want to do? We want to enjoy, we want to enjoy this life and, you know, Clearly, that's what people are after. Finding out how can I, how can I, how can I enjoy what's here, and um, and that that the discovery of of the of the fact that this is beyond conception. Ultimately, this is not thinkable. What this is, any of it, um, enha enhances our human capacity to enjoy more and more and more of the, 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 the richness of, of everything, the, the magic and miracle of everything, even the gritty stuff in a way that is much more difficult when, when we only imagine it to be what we think it is, because sometimes what we think it is, you know, can feel very oppressive and very um, awful, you know, um, life crushing me, life taking away my capacities, life, you know, breaking my heart, you know, all, all the ways that it can be challenging as a human. 
like again it's not that it isn't can't I mean, those those things can be real experiences right just like the pain in my wrist that i was talking about but but that's not merely what it is and that's the key it's 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 always more than we think it is much 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 more to the point of inconceivably how much more <laughs> because it's infinitely more so we can't be conceived how much more it is